Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the Crush Cast. Today we've got Phil Kim, 20 years with Equitable and a regional honor associate. Phil, welcome. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Let's go back to when you broke into the business. What was that like? Well, I came from a different line of work. My degree is actually in hospitality and finance from Cornell University. And I finished school and moved to Boston. And for four years, I ran restaurants in Boston. So, uh, you know, my transition into this business is probably a 30 minute conversation in and of itself. But, uh, you know, going from hospitality into finance, um, not very similar occupations. You know, one similarity, though, is is just communication skills. And uh, I I credit a lot of my ability to communicate to the four years I spent uh, running restaurants right in the heart of Boston. You know, you, you meet a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life. So when I started this business, it took me, first of all, a little while to understand that I'd entered uh, a world of sales. You know, this business really is about just uh, sales and client acquisition in the first several years. But once I got over that, um, then I just realized I just needed to talk to as many people as possible. And I was consumed with that for many, many years. Sounds like communication skills and explanation capacity was key. And then it was volume. Was there a point either specific or gradual where you went from breaking into the business to like effectively in the business? Yeah, I was gradual. Uh, again, yeah, I think my my perception of the business was a little bit jaded. It came from movies and books and what my friends were doing. And so even back then, you know, we had things like Wall Street, uh, you know, sure. just classic movies. And so I thought that this was going to be uh, much easier when I got into the business. And, um, you know, I actually started out as a traditional advisor. And then three years into it, I uh, switched into the RBG, uh, thanks to people like Teddy Beal and others. Um, and it, it, I was just a slow learner. You know, I, I think that um, I did not appreciate the the how important it is to network i didn't appreciate how important it is to um to keep track of of uh, how many people you talk to and, and so um it, I, it, was, it was it was a slow process for me now with that said once it clicked for me um i was fortunate enough to partner with some really good people when i started in boston and i was surrounded by some really really amazing uh, advisors that to this day, um, you know, are, are are doing are flourishing, and uh, just being in that kind of environment, I, I think really propelled me to accelerate my career development. Now I know that you transitioned to Arizona and also into leadership. What drove those shifts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happened in '08. So I was uh, in my sixth year. And um, I think part of it was impatience. I found that in my career, uh, I, I pursue a certain track and then I get restless and impatient. And at that point, uh, you know, I, I was building, um, I, I would say, a very successful RBG practice with a few other folks in Boston. And I was always looking to the horizon as to what, what was next. So I came out to Arizona to visit my parents, who had retired from Baltimore, Maryland to Arizona. Yep. And uh, I came up to the branch here, which is where I'm sitting right now. And I met a lot of people here. We clicked. And um, I was like, look, you know, if, if I'm interested in making a move, what does that look like? And the answer was, well, if you can help us build uh, an RBG presence here in the Southwest, we'd love to have you. And that to me was like the that's what I needed to hear. You know, this was to me, it was almost like a startup in a way. 
Yeah. Very few areas in the country where a thriving RBG hadn't, hadn't either existed for a while or hadn't already jump started in recent years. So I was fortunate enough to, to come into an area where I was able to, to make a very large footprint, footprint very quickly. And you sure did. And then, so it's RBG, you come to Arizona, you got a total startup, and then that worked extremely well to the point that you became an SVP. Mm -hmm. As you reflect on that stretch, can you identify some major breakthroughs that enabled you to do that? Was it skill? Was it activity? What helped you get there? Um, I believe, so what, what, when, when the business started to click for me again, a few years in, cause I, I'm sometimes I'm a little slow learner. Um, I realized that the way to build something substantial was to start small. And so, uh, an analogy that I've, I've mentioned before to some of the newer folks is I started out with a lot of bunt hits, bunt singles, you know, little dribblers down the third baseline. And then, um, and then that became a huge part of my volume because the RBG is a volume business. And then I started to hit legitimate singles and then doubles. And then what happens in this career is when you amass enough momentum and enough, enough inertia, then those doubles and singles actually either mature on their own organically to home runs, or you should just start hitting home runs. And so because I had that mentality, I had that, that experience in the Boston office when I came out here, um, you know, I instilled that uh, from the very, very beginning. And uh, I, I I have to give credit to um, different study groups that I've been a part of over the years. Uh, these are people that I met at different conferences, different management conferences, different advisor conferences, because when I when I was in, in different study groups in management, I was just hearing what other people were doing across the country. And I was able to take those ideas and implement them out here. Um, and so I think, you know, when you're surrounded by peers who are excelling and, and who are just racing at the same breakneck speed that you are, um, it just motivates you, you know, and I, I needed to keep up, I needed to outpace. And, and that was a major motivating force. You know, listening to your journey, it's like a series of progressions and not always linear. And so you were in the hospitality business and made a non-linear step into our business took communication and explanation from that, going to trad to RBG, nonlinear, then the move across the country, nonlinear. But each time it feels like you learn some fundamentals, learn from others. And if there's one constant, like you just continued to execute. Mm -hmm. Was there ever a point where you had second thoughts about it? Like where, where you wondered, am, am I cut out for this or should I look at alternatives? No doubt. So when I moved out from 08, I can count three different times in the first two years. So remember that when I moved out in 08, it was July of 08. That was in the oh, midst yeah. of the Great Recession. Yep. And the housing market here in the Phoenix area was one of the hardest hit in the country. And uh, so, you know, if, imagine me coming out from Boston in 08, not knowing anybody, then starting up an RBG model, doing client acquisition myself, hiring people into the business, and then talking to prospects about saving money well people don't have money right so um so three different times i uh went to my branch manager and i was like i think i need to go back to boston and he talked me off the ledge three times and uh i think that is very typical uh you know in this business whether you're a new advisor whether you're making a shift uh whether you're starting a producer group like i started a few years ago is like because you know this business is is so difficult it's not for everyone you know and it, whatever page you turn that poses new new challenges. 
And um, yeah, absolutely. I've had second doubts with all the choices I've made during my career. Where did you find the strength and conviction and belief to stick it out? Two places. One are the people that I have around me, whether it was colleagues of mine in whatever branch I was in, Boston to the Southwest. And the second is um, I have a chip on my shoulder. So I'm in the middle of three kids. And my, 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 my sister, who's a year older, she was a valedictorian of uh, our high school. She went to a top university. Uh, she, uh, you know, she's just, when I grew up in her shadow, let's put it that way. And um, to this day, you know, and I, I tell her this because we get to see each other uh, once a year. She lives in the Bay Area. But I keep telling her, I'm like, I still feel like I'm in your shadow, you know? So that that chip is something that drives, that chip on my shoulder is something that drives yeah. me. So whenever I butt up against an obstacle, whether it's in work or personal, I know there's something inside of me that's buried deep um, that is, that just like, it lights a fire, you know? And, and it's part of my makeup. You convert it into fuel. Yeah. It's a driver for you. All right, well now you're an SVP. You transitioned from leadership into building a producer group. What was the thinking about that decision and how has that played out for you? That was a very, very easy transition for me. Um, what I learned, I was nearly 11 years in management as a district manager and senior manager. Um, in district management, you learn how to build uh, an organization from scratch. In senior management, you learn how to take a, a, an existing organization and figure out how to run a business. So a producer group, is a mix of both. It's running a district and running a business. It's the two of those. So mm -hmm. I think why we were able to prosper as a producer group from the very beginning um, is because of my management um, experience. Yeah. The fact that when we started our producer group, I was able to partner with a person that was one of my very first hires when I moved out here. Uh, and he and I are very good friends. So I had somebody to do it with. And we were able to immediately build a roster uh, composed mostly of people that either I directly hired or had trained and developed in some way. So it was a very natural progression for me. And it also fulfilled that itch that I always have that I mentioned earlier, which is like, there's, I, I get restless and I get anxious when, yeah. when, when I do something, I'm like, okay, I've done it. What's next. And this producer group uh, project or initiative was just what was like the next evolution for me. You you seem particularly adept at leaping to the next S curve and people tend to get plateaued and then bored, but you don't and you'll make a big jump in order to do something different. Most recently you were honored as a regional honor associate and we were celebrating in San Diego. I wonder what that felt like, like what that experience was like for you. You know, uh, as you spend enough time in this career and, and if you perform, there are accolades that come your way. And, and initially it's very exciting, right? Because if you if you do well in this business, you're probably competitive. Some Many of us played sports in some way. So winning the trophy or winning the medal, um, you know, is it's, in, it's bred in us at a very young age. But, you know, in this career, at some point, maybe the excitement of that starts to wane. But this particular recognition of the regional honor associate um, was was a little bit different because it was uh, a recognition for the things that that I do that aren't really related to my business. It's to the things that I do in the community, and that's the first time that I had ever seen anything like that from 
uh, equitable. And it's not that I was seeking it. It's just, you know, th these are things that I do as a course of my natural day-to-day -day yeah. life. But to see that that somehow was identified by whomever at Equitable, and then it was recognized, and then, um, you know, it wasn't so much an award, I think it was just like a recognition of the things that that I've been doing for a while. And it was, um, it, it was, it, I just felt very different about it. And it was, uh, it was one of my prouder moments. Well, uh, congratulations. It's a very moving ceremony. I think so many of our advisors are so focused on building their businesses that they may not be continuously aware of the massive impact that they're having on their community and their clients' lives. Let me hit you with two rapid-fire closeouts. As you reflect on your first 20 years, what are you most proud of? And then when you look in the future, what are you most fired up about? Uh the first one is is easy, and I'll try to think about the second one as I answer the first one. The first one is easy because it's just a number of people that I've come in contact with. You know, I've been a member of two branches, the Boston branch and the Southwest branch. Um, you know, I still have a lot of friends from the Boston branch that I uh, I keep in touch with or that I get to reconnect with after many, many years. And if you're listening to this, you know who you are. Um, you know, here in the Southwest, I haven't been out here for the past, uh, you know, since 08, so what is it, 15 years? made many lifelong friends, um, of course, the client base. Um, you know, the other part, you know, you know, Jim, you and I have known each other for a long time. And there are many others in, in the company that are in, whether they're in New York or Charlotte or San Diego or San Francisco, that um, remind me of the fact that this company, I think, does just a very good job of keeping us connected, you know? So, you know, who, whoever you are, whatever your position is, I just have so many friends in the company that um, that I've been able to either help or that has, have helped me tremendously along my career. And it's just great to know that I'm part of that family. Where What excites me about the future is how this business is going to evolve um, with technology, whether it's mm. artificial intelligence. Uh, whether I mean, a lot of it's going to be technology based, but uh, I'm just fascinated by this and I am a little bit fearful, but also very excited to see what direction we as an industry go to make sure that we remain relevant and to make sure that we adapt to things yeah. that are just going to happen as a result, result of technological advancement. So that's a it's a great unknown. Um, it's something that our industry has always been able to keep abreast of but I'm just very excited to see where, where that goes. No doubt. I think we're going to have the ability to have more impact on more people, cover more ground and get that message out. So many people need the help. Well, this has been a great discussion. A black belt of the S curve. Phil Kim, thank you so much. Thanks so much.